So welcome to our leadership series on the sofa with Angie. Um, today's special guest is Stephanie Newport Booth, who is the co-founder of Hika, which is a, a wellness platform. So a uh, very warm welcome, Stephanie. We're delighted to have you on the series today. Thank you very much. Um, delighted, delighted to be here and, and to be talking to yourself, Angie. Thank you. So you've had a really interesting uh, journey to uh, co-founding your own uh, wellness tech company. Uh, you, you're, you started off in a corporate business background and then you went to create a tech platform and a pro prototype yourself with no coding skills. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your, your journey to where you are today. Of course, yeah. I um, I previously came from a background where I was an area manager for Aldi, the supermarket, and I ran three of their different um, supermarket chains. And um, I mean, I was uh, quite a bit younger. Or four years, four year, it was four years ago that I left there, um, and I had a huge amount of responsibility as a twenty, an early somebody in their early twenties. But I just really wanted to test my boundaries and see what I could do. And when I was actually at Audi, I, although you were looked after financially and you had a lovely car, when it came to actually the benefits package, it just didn't really feel like it supported me as an individual. And so I saw a bit of an opportunity in the benefits space that actually when it came to physical and mental health, there just wasn't that much available for companies to offer their employees um, to really treat them as individuals and so yeah I pursued that and um, ended up leaving Audi and setting up Hika and what I did is I obviously didn't have any coding experience having come fresh out of university and, and gone to Audi and so I just spent probably 14-15 hours a day um, learning basic coding and just building a really an MVP, a minimum viable product to just really get my idea out there and so that I could get um, customers engaging with it. Fantastic. And that's, um, you know, coming from a business background and coding and building your own MVP, um, did you have to, uh, you know, do you have a penchant for coding or did you have to really learn basic coding skills in order to build your first product? Yeah, it was really basic coding skills and I think this is a product I obviously have screenshots of what it looks like now and um, I'm not embarrassed at all because obviously creating that um, was a huge accomplishment at the time and it's got me to where we are now as a company and it enabled me to um, raise our first round of investment by being able to show those investors what was in my head and what my vision could be. Um, but yeah, learning the code initially w was really quite challenging. There was a lot of mistakes. I used a software called Webflow, um, where you can basically create um, some of the visuals, but then you need to do uh, elements of coding in order to actually make it do anything. And so, yeah, it was just a lot of Googling, a lot of YouTube videos um, and a lot of trial and error. And so, um, so as other sort of female uh, females out there who are looking to um, sort of found and create their own company and um, who may not have those kind of skills, what advice would you give to them? I would say that Webflow actually as a, as a platform has come along um, quite a lot in the last four years. And so you can do much more with it now than you could do then. 
Um, but you obviously also have platforms out there like Squarespace and the purpose of an MVP, minimum viable product, is that it is just a way for your basic concept to, to come into life. And so I think that everybody has the ability to do that. I really had no prior background knowledge in coding at all. And, um, and I, I was able to do it. So I think anybody who's kind of got that willpower can create something really basic there. Um, and you can always obviously expand on it in the, in the future once you've got that investment or you've, you've been able to bring more people onto your team who've got that expertise. But I would say really just get your idea out there in some format so that people can see it and play with it. Because otherwise, if it's all just in your head, you're just relying on your ability to be able to describe it well. Um, and I think it shows quite a lot of get up and go to be able to put your ideas into um, some sort of website that that, that that can be used. Absolutely. And, that, and that's really inspirational as well for people who think who are thinking, I'd love to be able to do this, but I can't. And actually, you know, technology has advanced so much that you can actually create a basic MVP in order to secure funding, um, which, which leads me nicely on to the next question, which is, so as a, a female founder um, looking for investment, what advice would you give to them? I think the main piece of advice that I'd give any female founder who's looking for investment is just don't give up. You're going to get feedback, you're going to get criticism and take all of that on board. It, it, it can be constructive, but when people say no, it doesn't mean that your idea is bad or that you're not going to make it. You're going to get a lot of no's, but really it's only the yeses that make the difference. And so just keep going and um, don't lose that momentum. Excellent. Thank you. And, and that perseverance and keeping going in the face of adversity is really, really important um, because it only takes one or, or a couple of people to say yes, and then you can really go ahead and launch your business. Um, so where to next for Hika? What's, what's your vision? So um, we're already national. We already cover the whole of the UK uh, when it comes to different mental and physical experiences that people can book in person and, and online. Obviously now with, with lockdown and coronavirus and those gyms being shut and the, the different boutique studios, um, when it comes to what's next, I'd really like to expand internationally. Um, there's a huge amount of companies that we work with at the moment that they've got overseas offices and um, I'd really like to continue the support that we offer them and be able to have physical locations near them. Excellent. Fantastic. Um, and so as a sort of uh, closing, um, what advice would you, you give to uh, sort of women in, in tech? I think the main advice that I would give is, is quite similar to the funding, uh, really, in that I don't think you should ever give up. And I think that you really should take criticism on as, as constructive. I know it's probably one of the lessons that I have learned the most that I used to be quite sensitive if anyone told me that I'd done something wrong, I'd really threat about it and and just be quite down that the whole thing probably wasn't going to work. But actually people are entitled to their opinion and um, I love this saying that you can't be everyone's cup of tea otherwise you'll be a mug and I think women who are working in tech they are already in a minority and so you shouldn't have to adjust yourself to be 
any different. You're already really special and doing something that is already outside of the box. So just be yourself, be true to who you are, but make sure that you can take on that feedback and continue to grow because, um, yeah, that's how we, how we do develop as individuals by putting ourselves outside of our comfort zones. I, I love that. Fantastic advice. And I've never heard that saying before. Don't be everyone's cup of tea, otherwise you'll be a mug. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, thank you so much for uh, taking the time today to share your journey and your insights as well. And, you know, what you've achieved uh, yourself is fantastic. And I think what you're going on to achieve as well is brilliant. And we, we look forward to uh, following your journey. So thank you so much for joining us, Steph. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you.